Welcome to the Train Tart Tales podcast. We're two travellers seeking out and sharing interesting tales during our travels around the globe and sharing them with you here. From cultural phenomena to social issues to local customs, there's no topic too big or small. We tell real-life tales about real-life people and places. For this episode, we're in Chennai in southern India. This is the country's fourth largest city, and pavement dwellers here are an all-too-common sight. But we meet one with a rather unusual story. As soon as we step outside, the heat hits us like an oncoming train. Even in November, Chennai is relentlessly hot. The city's soundtrack is a cacophony of vehicle horns accompanied by speeding cars whipping up swirls of dust and dirt. Walking along the beetle-stained street outside our hotel, we pass a cast of nameless faces. Having been here for a few days, they're beginning to look a little more familiar to us now. We think they must live here, but we know nothing about them. India is full of invisible people. At first, it's shocking to see such a large number of pavement dwellers. But the sight is so common in cities around the country that gradually you become desensitised. The sight is less shocking, the people less visible to you. Your empathy for the dire situation these people face is unwavering. But spending time in India somehow, worryingly, normalises what you see. Chennai, formerly called Madras, is India's fourth largest city, with a population of 8 million. Many Indians make the journey from villages to cities like Chennai in search of work, and often end up as long-term pavement dwellers, piecing together a living as daily wage earners. It's estimated that 15% of Indians, that's around 197 million people, live below the poverty line. One man among the group we pass stands out from the others, his huge mane of hair and unruly beard drawing our attention as he sits on a wooden cycle cart, knees clutched to his chest, staring out into the distance listlessly. When we pass by again the following morning, we're surprised to see a sudden change in his appearance. Gone is the wild hair and beard. We make eye contact, and he beckons us over. His name is Philip Thomas. And without the long hair and beard obscuring his face, and with teeth completely unstained by beetle juice, it's clear that he isn't Indian. Clean-shaven and wearing a short-sleeved shirt and dhoti, Philip sits on his cart and shyly tells us a few details in English about his life. Philip is 75, and originally from Belgium. He made the journey to India when he was just 18, and has been living on the streets of Chennai since he arrived, 57 years ago. We're simultaneously stunned and intrigued. A hundred questions speed through our minds. Why did he come here? Was he running away from Nazi-occupied Belgium? Why did he never go home? Did he ever try to contact his family? But as this is our first conversation, it feels too intrusive to ask. We buy him some breakfast and promise to come back and see him tomorrow. We continue to visit Philip for the next few mornings, gradually uncovering more fragments of his story. He worked on the ship he took from Belgium to India and so got free passage to Chennai. When he arrived, he decided to stay and look for work. At some point along the way, Philip's documents are lost, including his passport, meaning that he has absolutely no proof of who he is. 
This was the 1940s. World War II was still going on and communications channels were not what they are today. Those documents could not be easily replaced. But this is where the story gets a little fuzzy. Philip either can't or doesn't want to recall why he never tried to get them replaced and why he never tried to contact his family members back home, his father, mother and one brother. A lack of or lost identity documents are a fact of life for many pavement dwellers. Less than half of those living on Chennai streets have birth certificates, and a third don't have the government documents required to access welfare benefits such as subsidised food. It's cruelly ironic that some of those most in need technically don't exist because their paperwork is missing. They become truly invisible and even more cut off from society. Philip started out working as a cycle rickshaw puller in Chennai, plying the trade for many years before eventually trading in his rickshaw for a cycle cart and portering goods instead. The trusty, well-worn wooden cycle cart he spends his days sitting on is one of his few possessions. The back is held together with lengths of ribbon and a piece of plastic lines the bottom. Philip parks the cart under the shade of a tree in the commercial area of the town because this is where he is more likely to get work. Day in, day out, he sits and waits on his cart, hoping to be offered jobs. A small job, like portering some water bottles, takes about an hour and pays around 30 rupees or 50 cents. A bigger job takes about half a day and pays around 100 rupees, a dollar fifty. Due to ill health, he's unable to work much these days. His strength is fading and taking on jobs proving more difficult, so he's unable to earn as much as he used to. Work as a rickshaw or cycle cart puller is a notoriously difficult profession, and one which provides employment and vital income to the poor. Rickshaw pullers are usually at the low end of the socio-economic scale, and a marginalised section of society. Entry into the profession is relatively easy, as no specific skills are required and it means access to fast cash. Nowadays, the job is often done by poor rural migrants who move to Indian cities in search of work. Socio-economic status is still inextricably linked to the caste system in India, and rickshaw pullers are often from the so-called backward caste category, meaning they are socially and educationally disadvantaged. It's easy to see why this profession would have attracted someone like Philip, who needed a job when he arrived to Chennai, but had no evidence of any qualifications, no Tamil language proficiency, and no papers. One afternoon, we go out with Philip on a job. He struggles to move the load he's portering, and rather than cycling the cart, he has to get off and pull it instead. Like many of India's poor, Philip is a daily wage earner, and his income fluctuates depending on whether or not he finds work. Some days he does, and some days he doesn't. Often, local businesses or office workers bring him food, so he doesn't go hungry on those days when he can't find work. At night, he leaves his cart and takes his small bags of belongings to sleep at a nearby shelter. Every evening, the pavement dwellers in our area either head to a shelter or roll out a mat to sleep on the street for the night. In the morning, they'll roll their mats back up and stash their belongings somewhere nearby. After a week or so, our time in Chennai comes to an end. We say our goodbyes to Philip and are left wondering what will happen to him. He's looking frail and it seems unlikely that he'll be able to continue portering goods on the cart for much longer. We leave with so many unanswered questions about Philip and his life, but we have to accept that India is a country of millions, 
And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you are or where you've come from. Eventually, you'll be consumed by the sheer volume of people surrounding you. That's what happened to Philip, and how a lost Belgian man became one of India's many invisible people. <laughs>